0: Ahoy Mihatis, what goes through your head when you experience the deepest isolation possible? Welcome mere mortalites, I'm Kyron and I'm here to help you transcend beyond your mere mortality with some interesting book reviews and today I have for you the story of a shipwrecked sailor by the very famous Colombian Gabriel Garcia Marquez. The book was published in 1970 and really the title says it all. But I'll give a bit more of an explanation. It's a true story that occurred when Gabriel or Gabo was a journalist for El Espectador or The Spectator in Bogotá, Colombia. And he had the chance to interview the person, the main character of this story, and get him to tell it in his own words. So who was it and what was it about? It tells of Luis Alejandro Velasco, and he was part of the crew of the ARC Caldas, which was a destructor of one of the... Big boats in part of the Colombian Navy and they were traveling from Mobile or Mobile in the United States to Cartagena de las Indias in Colombia so it's not a super far trek but it's far enough it takes a couple of days by sea I believe all seemed natural he was talking with his crewmates there was eight of them in total and they come across some rough weather right before they reach the port of Colombia and all seems okay until they realize oh wait something bad is really happening here Eventually, the ship gets shipwrecked, and so he gets thrown out into the sea, and he's very, very fortunate to find a life raft, or uh, as I read this in Spanish, una balsa. So, he's always talking about the life raft, the balsa. Some of his shipmates are in this storm, and he almost reaches them, but unfortunately, they all drown. And so, he is on his own in this little ship, in this little boat out at sea with no idea where he is, no method of communication, no supplies, no food, nothing really. The bulk of the story is then of his days at sea. So I'm going to try and translate the subtitle here in real time and we'll see how we go. It's the tale of a shipwrecked sailor that was 10 days at sea adrift in a little boat without eating, without drinking. He was proclaimed a hero of the fatherland, kissed by the beautiful queens of Colombia and made rich for the publicity. But afterwards, denounced by the government and forgotten Forever. So this poor man was 10 days at sea, so he gives a lot of explanations of each individual day. It's a very linear plot and he goes from day one, day two, the sharks coming out at 5 pm, what it was like in the evenings with the stars how he tried to maintain his sanity, what he did with his time, all of these little things that you sort of just take for granted in day-to-day life. But when you're out there with nothing to do, <laughs> you go over an excruciating detail. So you see his gradual, not descent into madness or anything like that, but his physical weakening, his thoughts becoming more and more strange, and his hopes, his dreams, his expectations crushed and then relifted again eventually he sees land and is thankful yes finally he makes one last ditch effort swims to shore and finds salvation he's on this beach and a little girl finds him she tells her father her father brings him into this tiny little town and then he's transported from town to town with growing publicity attention fame i guess you'd call it as he is you know i've survived this amazing story 10 days at sea without eating or drinking Not completely true as he does able to eat a little bit of a seagull that he captures, a little bit of a fish and he also finds the root of some sort of plant. So he does get a couple of mouthfuls during this whole time but... Essentially, it's you know a tale of a guy enduring beyond what you would think is the normal capacity. As for the book itself, it's relatively small. It's only 140 pages in Spanish, so that's probably 120, 110 in the English version. And it has a bit of history behind it as well. So, it was actually published in parts in a newspaper 15 years before it came out in the full book form. And the author, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, didn't even really write it in the sense like it's his story because he gave all the rights and the money that was you know generated from the book sales and things like that to the actual man himself Luis Alejandro Velasco so it's not your traditional book and there's all these sort of subplots behind it because the government for example was really promoting the story of him as a hero this is like this amazing man who survived 10 days at sea which is true but they were doing that to cover up the fact that the reason that the ship got sunk was because there was too much cargo on it. There was incompetence. They hadn't tied it down properly. What they were doing was probably illegal as well. And all these different things of then the government trying to say to him, hey, don't tell the true story. He then tells the true story to a a reporter, Gabble in this case. And then it's like, okay, geez, what do we do now? Do we accept it? Do we still say he's a hero or do we push it down so there's all this sort of huge volume of stuff behind the story because it is a true story and it had real life implications so we drift now onto the main themes of the book and the first one for me was isolation and I'm going to call this an introvert's holiday one thing that really jumped out for me was there was no real longing for him for other people for communication for having that social dynamic and he even mentions this in the book where. If he had supplies, food and water, he would have been perfectly content to stay out there. There was no moaning for him of saying, oh, I need my family. Oh, God, I wish I had someone else. He does create in his imagination or his dreams, or you could maybe even call it hallucinations because he'd gone so many days without food and more importantly, without water, that he created another person who would talk to him during the evenings. But in reality, it really seemed like he was content to be on his own. And this is probably a real individual thing. And this is why I was saying about introversion. And I think that isolation, an introvert can really thrive in that environment. So then some questions are raised, okay, what type of environment might a introvert not enjoy? So you could imagine isolation in a prison cell, which is actually seems to be really, really damaging. That's one of the things that Continually comes out of studies that putting a prisoner in isolation, it's really bad for them. Their mental health goes to shit. But what's the difference between that and then, say, becoming a monk and going on an isolation retreat where you don't talk to anyone? Maybe you still have people around, but you don't communicate with them. What's the difference between all of these things? I don't personally know, but I find it intriguing to think of these sort of different types of isolation, whether it's voluntary, involuntary, whether it's with other people, but without communication. And... I really would just say it comes down to the person who is involved in it, who's in there, because I can imagine so many people, particularly extroverts, who would hate it. They would be super, super difficult for them. And then there's more people like me who are sort of content to do more of their things on their own and just be like, oh, man, okay, I'm in this situation. Maybe I didn't choose to be there, but it's not the longing for other people that I'm missing. And that's what really came out of this for me as well, was there was no dramatic scenes of him needing this, needing this, I need it. It's more like, you know, communication is nice, having other people is nice, but I can be on my own for long periods of time. So if you're on your own for long periods of time, then what do you actually do? And then this is where the theme of boredom arises. And I'm going to say it's the desire for something else. So in the book, we read of his fascination with all the tiny minutiae of the boat, of the seas, of the sharks coming out at 5 p.m., of the fishes swimming in the sea of his own body the burns he's suffering from the sun and from his hurt knee from the water swilling in the boat and being always wet from the wind coming in all of these things he has these you know tiny tiny little things that in your day-to-day life you'd be like oh the wind how is that fascinating i'd be bored of that after thinking of it for 10 seconds but for him he can contemplate that these all these things and it's like he's not bored of that it's fascinating when you really get into these things when you really look into something it can be absolutely fascinating so boredom must be a completely subjective thing because what one person might find as super engaging and compelling maybe logs of grain produce from the 1700s through to the 1900s another person can look at that and just go that is the stupidest crap I've ever read so I doubt that there is a essence of boredom in actual things. It's more based on the person and their situation. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're totally isolated, you do actually become way more interested in things that if you have all these different distractions around or maybe something that's more compelling you'll you'll actually be able to appreciate those when they're on their own and it's just, I have nothing else to do. Well, I might as well look at the time going through this hourglass and think, wow, that's actually kind of cool. That's, I mean, I'm just watching it run through, but damn, it's getting pretty interesting. <laughs> so we surf now onto my personal observations and takeaways. I think being on your own is a real skill and it's actually something you can practice and develop. So there are gonna be times in your life where you'll probably be trapped somewhere on a plane in a certain location where there's no transport for whatever reason for multiple hours at a time. And I think you can experience a whole lot of suffering if you're not very comfortable just being on your own, looking at your own thoughts and potentially finding interest in, you know, looking at your own fingernails and just seeing the different colors and textures and feels of, of everything that's there. So I think that's probably a a skill that might be useful to practice because You just never know when these situations can occur in life where you'll be on your own and with nothing to do. And it's like, okay, well, I could really suffer in this situation. Or if I had practice it, maybe I can just be here and accept the moment. I've noticed this before and talked about it, which is I don't think Spanish is really suitable for descriptions of pure facts and straight events. I think it's much more suited for these emotive feeling type things because In this book, he really didn't give away that much. It felt like it really was, you know, Captain's Log, day one, etc., etc. The men are revolting. That sort of type of real linear fashion. There was no real learnings or takeaways from him. Like I really wanted to know, wow, what was it like to almost die from starvation or from thirst? What was it like to be on your own for 10 days, 10 full days without any hope at all like what do you think would have happened to your body all these sorts of different things and he didn't go into these and there could be a myriad of reasons for this it could have been the public pressure the pressure from the government to produced this sort of plot line. It could have been the Colombian sort of machismo style of not wanting to show your emotions and feelings. These sort of, you know, being a man about it. These, all these sort of things could have been it. It could have just been him as a person and he didn't want to show that. Or maybe he didn't even feel that. Who knows? There were so many things. But I really feel like something was missing from the book to make it that next level of, wow, because this story is a fascinating story. But for me reading it, I was really just sort of the style of it in the end made me go, ah, I mean, I'm not really going to remember this. And it could just be because Gabriel himself was a relatively young writer at the time. So he couldn't probably express all the things in this. But for me, there's just something missing in the book and being told in the Spanish language as well, I don't think really helped. Land is in sight. We've come to the summary. We've come to the end. And this is truly a tale of endurance. It sort of reminds me of Life of Pi, but without the philosophy and magic that's associated behind it, it wasn't overly dramatic, which is probably true. That probably didn't occur that much when he was at sea for 10 days in a tiny life raft. But I did feel like those emotions, those feelings were really left out of it. And those are what I was really hoping to read from this. So in total, I'm giving the book, The Story of a Shipwrecked Sailor by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, a 6 out of 10. I enjoyed it, but it just really isn't going to stay in my mind that much. I think it's for more people who want a story which is perhaps less dramatic, which is more about the practical considerations of what happens when you're 10 days at sea, what happens when you start to feel hunger, what happens when your throat starts to dry up and your knees hurt and you're just constantly wet, those sort of things. If you want something that is maybe a bit more mm, sentimental and dramatic and emotional, I've got a good recommendation here, The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. That book was what I was looking for from this. So, there's two little recommendations for you if you want to know of a story of a shipwrecked or of at least being out at sea and what that feeling is like. So, Mere Modelites, we've come to the end of another book review and I really do want to thank you for joining me up until this point. If you'd like to hear more, you can hit follow or subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening on. And if you could go over to Apple and iTunes and leave five stars and a nice review, that really does help me out. To interact or connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Podcast. And other than that, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are in the world. Kyron out.